What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Lacrosse Culture Podcast, episode number five. I'm your host, Cody Golan. With me always, co-host Matt Unger. How's it going, everybody? So instead of getting into a top ten list of one specific thing today, we're going to get into the top five national contenders at each division in college lacrosse. You know, starting out with Division One, we're going to talk about, you know, maybe give who we think is one, two, three, four, five, talk about why we, we feel that way, and then we're going to throw some honorable mentions in there as well, and we're going to do that for Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. So I think we'll just hop in and get started right now with... Uh, yeah, go for it. Division one, you know, I think a lot of people are gonna argue with these the top two choices, who's where. But I, I have Notre Dame at number one. I had Notre Dame as well. I think you know just Kavanaugh, Perkovic, Landis, their their big three, quote unquote, if you will, is just pretty incredible. I think this is this is their year. I, I think their biggest challenge go, going to be the hype around their team and all the talent they have. And sometimes that is hard to to, to battle whenever you know everyone's saying you guys are supposed to win it. How do you kind of keep a cool head and battle through adversity? And you know, I think maybe you know their first loss is going to be a huge test to them. So if that happens, I guess. But I think Kevin Corgan, great coach. He has a great coaching staff there. You know, I, I know coaching now. I'm always looking at videos of what drills and stuff that they're doing, and they always put in depth stuff out. So I know they're doing different things on a daily basis, keeping everything fresh for the guys. And then, you know, I mean, the team just looks great so far. They certainly have the talent to win the championship. I think we can all agree on that. And I think the one thing that puts them on top is their coaching staff. Their coaching, especially in the defensive end, they put them in the in the right scheme every week, the right game plan to really uh, take advantage of their skills, whether it's on defense, offense, in the transition game. I think their coaches put them in the best position. Yeah, I mean, I, def- I definitely can't disagree with that. I, I think, you know, like like we said, everyone has them, or at least most people have them number one. That, I think we both had them at, at number one for for all the reasons we just stated, and and I think it's really going to be interesting to see if a team can can start number one, run the table, you know, and then sort of like fulfill what everyone thinks they're going to do, and and end up as the, you know the national championship. It's it's kind of been building for them for the last few years. They've they've come up short and. You know, multiple national championship games. They've come up short the game before. You know, they've been the Final Four weekend. You know, the past few years and and come up short even after you know huge games for them and very exciting games. So, I think this could be the year that they sort of get over that hump. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, second on my list, I had Denver. I had the same. I think I like you said. I think a lot of people are gonna have those two teams somewhere in the top two. Uh, they can argue about the order. I, I think just again the talent, especially on the offensive end with uh, Connor Carnazera down low. Just running the show for him. I th- he's a great asset, one of the better players in the country, as you heard from our uh, Toroton watch list episode. You know, I, I think he really can drive this team forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the number one thing is that it's extremely tough to repeat, especially at the Division One level. A lot of pressure on them coming back. You know, I think they can maybe take the fact that they came back and you know didn't even get the number one ranking as they take that sort of with a grain of salt and sort of use that as motivation, but. You know, obviously it is extreme. You know, they did lose some very solid players, a lot of people on offense. You know, I think they have a, a new goalie this year, so I think there's some questions there. But, you know, obviously they have arguably the, the best coach of all time in Bill Tierney. Um, so he'll have the guys ready to go, you know, and then obviously a huge asset for them is going to be Trevor Baptiste at the, at the face-off X. And if he puts up numbers like he did last year, it's going to be tough for anyone to beat them. Right. I mean, he's going to keep them in games regardless of what how everyone else is playing on that team or how the other team is playing. 
just having your dominant faceoff guy is going to give you that ball, you know, 60% of the time or however, wherever his percentage is for the year, it's going to be huge. Yeah, I mean, I think, like we said, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they can repeat. I think in some ways, Notre Dame's actually taken some of the pressure off of them because of how much hype they've gotten this season. So I think that could work in their favor. And, you know, I've heard some interviews with, with Coach Tierney, and he was saying that, you know, they're not scared to, to face the fact that they won last year. They're not hiding it, but they know this is a new team. You know, this is a new season, and, you know, they're going to put in the work that it took last year to win it again this season. So I think they're going to – we'll see them in, you know, the Final Four, final weekend playing someone, and then we'll see if they can go farther than that. Uh, third team I had on my list was Maryland. I don't know if you had someone. That's what I had as well. <laughs> All right, so we agree again on that one. I mean, Maryland's a team where, you know, they don't really have a, a huge flashy player or, you know, a few big-name guys. I mean, they have a few people that everyone sort of knows, but they're a team that just seems like they're always around when it comes to, you know, the Final Four, always around in the playoffs. And, I mean, they just have great coaching all around. So I see them sort of being in that top top three again. And hopefully, or, or maybe, you know, they can finally get over that hump and, and get themselves, a, you know, the national championship they've been searching for over these last few years. So they came up short last year. You know, this year could be the year that they, they do it. I feel like we've been saying that about Maryland for a few years now. Yeah. When are they going to get over that hump? At least under this, you know, this recent coaching staff and everything like that. They've always seemed to be right there. I think they're going to be there again for sure. I have them at number three. But can they get over that hump? Uh, the thing I really question when making my list together is how much of a divide is there between number one and two and the rest of the group? I, mean, I, I do think Notre Dame and Denver do stand out above the rest. And I do think there's a, a decent gap between the rest of the field. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a, a long season. You know, I, I think anything can happen. You never know who's still going to be around. You know, you never want it to happen, but, you know, injuries do occur, and you never right. know who that, who's going to happen. And I think, you know, I think we're going to see these these first three or four or five teams, no matter what, when it comes in playoff time. I think everyone has a pretty solid grasp on that, unless someone really jumps out and surprises us. But I think it's really going to come down to whose game, and it's going to be hard to beat some of these teams in a, in a one-game playoff. So Absolutely. But I think Maryland, they have they got a few good transfers I know this year, and they came in ready to play. And then I know they have some some young guns that, you know, they all they're always getting a solid recruiting class. And then they had a lot of guys that were were freshmen last year. They're going to step up, and you know they had a few guys that were hurt that are are going to step up as well this season. So I think it'll be good to see them playing. And obviously they you know always have Matt Rambo at attack. They have him back. He'll he'll be putting up some stats and he'll be the leader. Hopefully, step in the leadership position, you know, for that offense. So, you know, they're always a solid defensive team. And, and, you a know. great defensive team. We saw how strong they were uh, in 2015, leading the nation in scoring defense. You know, that is pretty much the backbone of their team. That's what they they lay their hat on, you know, always compete defensively. And I think that is going to help them throughout the whole season in the playoffs. Yeah, so I think three is a good spot for them. I, I think, you know, they might get moved around a little bit. I'm, you know, sure they play an extremely tough schedule this year. And, like always, you know, so, uh, but I think when it really comes down to it towards the end of the season, they're going to be, be doing some big things. Yeah, I'm moving on to my list, number four, I have Syracuse, uh, you know, probably the biggest name in college across is Syracuse. Uh, they always, always play tough. That I can't remember only one down year since I started playing this game, and uh, they're always going to be in it, you know, uh, with uh, Donahue down low at the at the attack position, he's going to provide a lot of scoring for them, a lot of assists, and I think they're going to put up a 
a lot of goals this year and really uh, push a lot of teams to the brink. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a, a huge guy face-off as well. You know, he's a dominating performance. We see him always on the uh, like face-off academy pages and things like that, getting shout-outs. I mean, he's just been crushing it as well. So getting them the possessions and then so far, that you know, this season – you know, their offense looks pretty lethal, and, and you know they always get some huge uh, defensemen in there and some, some great guys to, to play uh, defense and, and goalie, and they're going to have players that really step up and, and step into all the roles to, to get around their big guns. So I think there's someone that, you know, we're going to see them build as a team throughout the year, and, you know, I think, you know, towards the end of the season and around playoff time, they're going to be pretty lethal. Yeah, I think a big question for them, though, is their defense. Uh, they do have some big names down there, especially uh, Brendan Mullins. But uh, he's known as more of a, uh, a bruising defender, not so much a uh, fundamental defender. And it's really going to take the other guys around him to really up that defense. Because last year, they, they struggled at times. Yeah. No, I, mean, I can't disagree with that. But I think, you know, solid program, solid coaching. You know, just like these other first few teams we mentioned. And, you know, I, I see them being a, a pretty big name come, come the end of the year. I had to sort of round out my top five list. I had Duke at number five. Obviously, great coaching staff. Toraton watch list, probably number one guy on the watch list. Miles Jones. So, I, you know, they have players all around the field. They always have someone solid at the faceoff X. Always have someone solid in goal. And always have, you know, always have solid coaching. So, I, you know, I see them always being a threat pretty much year in, year out. They really don't have any rebuilding years, if you will. And, and I, you know, they're going to play a tough schedule, but I see them being in it at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Miles Jones could really propel any team that he's on into this championship uh, contention. But the other guys around him, you know, Deemer Class, sharing the midfield spot with him, I don't know if anyone has a better midfield than, D than Duke does. Uh, like I said, Deemer Class, you have uh, J Justin Gutterding down low on attack. He's coming on strong after uh, – very good freshman year last year. We'll see what they can do. And I, again, I, just like Syracuse, I think the question works on defense really for them. It's like uh, Miles Jones and the company can really propel them on offense, but work on their their defense really help out help that team out. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're always going to have solid athletes down there with these these top few teams. They're always going to get huge recruits, but you know, it's how they come together on D. And you know, Duke definitely has the coaching staff to to take some younger guys and and really boost them into to a great team defense. So I think that sort of rounds out our top five list. Uh, one or two honorable mentions I just wanted to throw out. Hopkins, always lethal. They have some serious offensive threats. Dave Pressure always gets that defense rocking and rolling. So I think they, they're definitely going to be in contention. In the thing holding them back, though, is injuries. We've seen that they lost two starters this year to season-long injuries. Uh, see who else can step up. You know they have a great recruiting class every year, so I'm sure they have the talent on that team. It's just who steps up. Yeah, and then quickly, uh, another team, excuse me, I want to throw out there was Loyola. You know, they had a, a few down years after their, their huge national championship win a few years back, but so far this season they, they look absolutely lethal, and they, they already had a huge win over Hopkins, uh, one goal win over Hopkins, and they're, they're rocking and rolling so far. So I had them just sort of on the on the watch list, and you know, but they're definitely a top-ten team. I definitely agree with that. So uh, I think that sort of wraps up our, our D1 list. I think we yeah we agreed on all of them. We had Notre Dame 1, Denver 2, Maryland 3, Syracuse 4, and, and Duke 5. So we'll sort of move into the Division 2 two ranks here. Uh, I think just starting out, I don't think anyone's going to you know say disagree with this one, but Limestone is going to be number 1. 
They're looking to three-peat this season. I mean, can anyone beat Limestone is the question that I think everyone sort of has in their mind right now. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned during the Division One recap who who's really going to compete with Denver and Notre Dame. Well, in Division Two, who's going to compete with Limestone? You know, they've dominated the past two years, and this year they're off to a good start as well. So let's see who steps up and battles them, really. Yeah, I mean, they had a lot of guys come back this season. Uh you know, they play a pretty soft schedule, truthfully speaking, in the South. And, you know, whenever they, they come and play with the, the higher North teams, you know, they're still still pretty dominating. But a lot of teams came up, you know, snuck out a few wins, right? Might have lost by one or two goals in overtime last season to them. You know, the, the, these teams are definitely competing with Limestone. So I, I think, you know, when you see Limestone playing some of the better teams, you're going to see competitive games. And then whenever, you know, they play these you know, small D2 schools down south, you know, they're going to be blowouts like usual, and that definitely helps people sort of pad their stats, if you will. But, I mean, it, you know, they're a tough team to beat, and they return a ton of players this season. So they're definitely the favorite to, to not only repeat, but actually three-peat. So it'll be interesting to see if anyone can knock them off the season. Absolutely, completely agree with that. Uh, number two on my list, I had LeMoyne. Me too. Uh, you know, they've been a strong contender for a couple years now, always battling with the top of the – of the Division Two ranks, and I think their their biggest thing this year is their goalie. They they had a great goalie last year, averaged right around seven goals a game allowed. That's huge in, in the game of lacrosse. We can hold someone to that few. Uh, the offense is definitely going to come around, put up some points, and I, I think they can contend. Yeah, I mean, their team that went to the National Championship last year, you know, always, always been a competitive team for, you know, the last, as long as I can remember, you know, as long as I've been following, you know, Division Two lacrosse. They've been competitive teams. So they're always going to be in the hunt. You know, obviously that they play a, a very competitive schedule, and they they play you know a ton of the New York teams. So that's always tough to to do, and it's it's going to be a long season for them. But you know, when it comes down to it, they have solid goaltending, solid defense, and then they play a pretty fast paced offense as well. So, I mean, I think you know, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with putting them in at number two. No, I think they're definitely the top contender to Limestone right now. Yeah, so number three, I, I think we might have different people here, but I had Merrimack, a team that's been building up and uh, higher and higher each season. A very good all-around team. Uh, I think they're pretty much one of those teams that this is kind of the year for them to either prove that they can contend in the, you know, in the top three, the top five, and, and pull out some big upsets, or you know, it's sort of the year that kind of shows maybe the, the last couple seasons have just been, I don't want to say a fluke, but you know, maybe they're not, quite you know ready to compete with these top three teams but i have them in three right now and it's sort of just kind of want them to prove to me what what they can do for me from under three spot i had lake erie you know they came on uh, almost a surprise last year you know to the top of the ranks of division two and they really you know demonstrate they deserve to be there i think this year another year under their belt more experience for that team they're going to be stronger than ever you know the coaching staff there really puts them in position to win especially on offense they're their offensive schemes are incredible, you know. So I, I do think they're, for me, they're the number three team in Division Two. Uh, they came a little short last year, but I still think they're hungry, you know, to get over that hump and fight for that national championship. Yeah, I'd like Erie at number four. I think, you know, like we said, they, they boosted themselves all the way up to number one at one point in the season last year. They went in the playoffs. They were one game from the, the national championship, I believe. Uh, you know, they won their, their conference for the second or third year in a row. And, you know, they're a team that, you know, they lost a, a few really good players. They lost a few players that won the player of the year for their respective positions. 
So they lost uh, two or three really big name guys, but they they have an offense where sort of attack and middies are almost you know re reversible in some ways, and it's a very fast paced offense. A lot of people don't see very often, and they're they're really a you know spirited team. You know they're they're out there. They're pretty gritty. They're you know it seems like everyone's really fast, and you know when you play Lake Erie, you better be you know head on a swivel, and you know you better be be ready to compete. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, so I had well then I had them at number four. So I don't know if you want to say who you had a four. My number four I had Tampa. Uh, you know, sort of surprised the most people from the Florida area. It's not not traditionally a hotbed for the cross, but I, I think they're rising. I think they're becoming a big team at Division Two. Uh, we saw them have a very good game against the Adelphi a few weeks back. Pretty much wiped them out. You know, yeah. uh, they've you know they've had some close games since then as well. But I do think they're a team that's going to push the edge as far as Division Two of the cross. Yeah, I mean, I had them in my number five spot, but I think they could be, you know, four or five. They've really sort of take not taken over, but they're, you know, really stepping up these past few seasons. I mean, they're getting a ton of great recruits down there, which is a beautiful campus. They're getting a ton of Division One transfers down there. You know, I think, if anything, their Achilles heel has, has sort of been playing as individuals the past past few seasons and that's why they haven't been able to get over the hump so I think it'll be interesting to see this year you know if, if they're relying solely on their talent or if, if they're sort of buying into to a team game and then I think that's when you'll see them kind of go to that next level and maybe really really compete with the, the top two three teams and you know they definitely have the talent and the ability yeah, they're as talented as anybody yeah, you know they definitely have all the facilities and you know, I know a lot of people are want to go down there to play at the beginning of the season to get out of the snow and they kind of <laughs> get into the, the Florida weather but yeah, I mean, I definitely think that they're, you know, obviously a top five Division two team. I agree. You said you had them at number five. I had them at number four. Uh, number five for me, I had a team that we just mentioned, uh, Tampa just beat. Uh, I had a Delphi. My reason for putting them there is their face-off guy. Face-offs are part of what wins championships. They're a big part of what wins championships, you know. And their face-off guy, he won almost 70% of his face-offs last year. He's going to keep that team in games strictly by himself from the face-off acts. So... And you get a solid offense around that, a defense that that communicate, and you have a team of that's championship quality. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think you know they're a team that's always going to be in it. You know, they went to national championship a few years back. Uh, I think they have a few from from a few years ago. Uh, I think they used to actually be a Division One program. You know, they're always a contender, and you know, I think they're always a solid team. So I don't think anyone can really argue if you wanted to throw them in the top five. I mean, if anything, they're you know obviously a top ten team. So, but I think. We'll see if the Tampa game was, you know, maybe something just happened or Tampa surprised them, or you know, we'll kind of see in a few games here if you know maybe it's maybe a, the Tampa maybe game wakes them here. up, you know, and then yeah, pushes the forward like you said, maybe it brings them down for the whole season. Who knows? Really, yeah, at this point, could give either way. You uh, done with your top five, or do you have more left? Uh, I just had a few honorable mentions. I just wanted to throw out. I mean, I definitely think they're you know pretty well known top ten teams, but I think some people could argue throwing them in the in the top five. Uh, I had Seton Hill University. They've been an up-and-coming team, you know, for, for the last few years. I think they're they're pretty prominent now. They were the in-season conference champions for their conference. They hosted uh, their conference tournament and ended up losing and then got snubbed in the in the playoffs last season. So I think they're coming back hungrier than ever. You know, they have a, a solid coaching staff there and, and a bunch of solid talent. They've got a few transfers. they got a few freshmen that have come in already and stepped up. So they have a big game. Uh, they, just, they just beat Chestnut Hill a few weeks back, and now they have a – 
uh, you know, they're going to be playing, you know, pretty tough schedule in, in the middle of the season here against top, top level competitors, a lot of whom we've already mentioned. So Yeah, they always you know, play the best of the best. Yeah, so I think, you know, if they can sneak out a, a big win or two and they can stay competitive all the way through the end of the season, I don't see why they, you know, can't be in the, in the playoff hunt. Uh, another team, well, we already mentioned the Adelphi had them since you had them on your, your list. Uh, I have Lindenwood University, team from Missouri. They're getting bigger now, and you know they've upset a few big teams, and, and they're really here to stay. They went to their conference championship last year, and then they went on to the playoffs, and they, they lost to Limestone in the first round. But you know they're they're getting very solid recruits, and you know they're they've really been stepping up as of late. So I think they're definitely someone that's going to be contender. We're going to see this year. You know they lost a few guys. We're going to see this year how they bounce back, and you know if they can really compete. I mean we have you know we already have three people you know in their conference. In our top five yeah. or honorable mentions, Ooh. so definitely one of the most competitive conferences out there. With you know Lake Erie, Seton Hill, and Lindenwood, we're gonna see how that plays out, and then obviously that's you know, Mercyhurst is in there too. So we're gonna see how that plays out, and we're gonna, you know, that's really gonna determine a lot about the the South region and, and a lot about that conference. And then I had uh, always you know prominent team, uh, NYIT, you know always a solid solid team, heavy New York roster. You know, they have a few big games coming up, too, that'll kind of tell us a lot about where they're at this season. They lost a, a lot of points from their attack to graduation from last season, so I think it'll be uh, pretty important to see, you know, how they bounce back from that. And, you know, I'm sure that they, they have a pretty solid recruiting class there up, up from New York, a lot of New York guys. So, you know, yeah, lo loss of talent up there that they can recruit from. Yeah, I mean, they're a team that hasn't made it to the playoffs the past couple of years. I think it's two years in a row now. We'll see if they can get back this year. I'm sure they're hungry for it. Like you said, they're an annual contender most years. And uh, like I said, hopefully they can get back to it. I, I do see them as a threat. Yeah, so I think you know we don't have anything else for D2. Just rounding out our uh, <clears throat> top five, I'll just, I'll just go with what I had. Then you can throw the one that I think we, we kind of disagreed upon. But sure. had Limestone, LeMoyne, Merrimack, Lake Erie, and Tampa. And then you had, I had a Delphi. Delphi. You had a Delphi in there. So... So any of those in the, in the top five, I definitely think, you know, obviously Limestone is, is at the head right now, and, you know, people are going to need to knock them off, but it's going to be tough to do. So moving on to D3, pretty similar situation here for, for this first team, pretty similar to what it was like for Limestone in D2 and, and, you know, maybe Notre Dame or Denver in D1, but, I mean, can anyone beat Tufts right now is the question. I don't think anyone's going to argue that they're the number one team out there. Two-time defending national champs, Division Two level, I Definitely think they're the head of the class right now. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, looking for a three-peat, just like Limestone, you know. I think they are <clears throat> pretty much have probably the best talent. I think I wouldn't mind seeing them competing almost against Division One teams at this point. That's, that's <laughs> no, how talented they are. Absolutely. So I think it's, you know, pretty important that uh, they just keep their heads on straight. And I think with their coaching staff up there, they're going to do that. I mean, we all saw the – the recent documentary that came out probably not only one of the best across documentaries I've seen, but you know, one of the best sports documentaries I've seen was, was the newest Tufts one. So yeah, if you have not watched that yet, I suggest you go on their website, uh, watch the video. It's about 30 minutes long, but like, uh, like Cody said, it's the best, not only the cross documentary, but sports documentary I've watched in a long time. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's going to be tough for anyone to beat them this season. So, um, I think they're, you know, pretty arguably number one, I think. So, I don't think there's too much else to say about that. Right. Uh, number two, I had RIT. I did as well. I don't know if you want to jump in on uh Yeah, I mean, RIT, they've, they've been undefeated in the regular season the past two years. Their losses have come to 
to uh, Tufts in the championship games. And I, for right now, I see that being the same way this year. Uh, RIT is a very strong program. Uh, they do they did graduate a lot of kids last year in the senior class, uh, a lot of scoring, but they do bring the talent back. They seem to reload every year. Um, it's going to be tough for them to go undefeated again this year, uh, but they do have some talent, like I mentioned. Their their defense is very good, especially at the uh, LSM and transition uh, positions. I did I think they're a strong team. Uh, right now, they stand out to me as the only team that can challenge Tufts. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a few teams that, that might be able to challenge them, and, you know, they got challenged last season, but, you know, I, I think RIT is always a solid competitor in, in Division Three, and, you know, again, they come back with a lot of talent and, you know, sure, very solid recruiting class, so I don't think it'd be hard to argue that, you know, them at number two. Number three, I, I put Salisbury at number three. They just had a huge win over Lynchburg, who who was number two preseason ranked. So I'm going to put them at number three. I mean, obviously, you know, huge name, always pretty much in the national championship contention. You know, they're either in it or, you know, they're either in it or they're winning it. So, you know, they're obviously going get to a, get a huge recruiting class every year, and then they have a ton of talent coming back. So I, I see them in, you know, the top three for sure. Yeah, I think Salisbury has the, the most consistent team top to bottom. There aren't many holes for that team. Uh, the offense is strong. <laughs> Transition and midfield game is very good itself. And the defense as well, same with goalie play and faceoffs, they're all strong throughout the entire thing. Uh, I don't know if anyone's, you know, player of the year caliber on their team, but overall as a team, they're very good and very solid. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, like like you said, and I think they're, as a team, they're probably, you know, one of the most solid we've seen in, in D3 and, you know, until Tufts came around. And so I can definitely see them competing against each other, you know, and, and I can well, I mean, even in just these top five, six, seven teams, there's so much talent now in Division Three. I, I think. So, but I definitely think uh, Salisbury makes that top three, top three cut. Yeah, uh, for me, we mentioned you mentioned the game against Salisbury. I have Lynchburg. Uh, I know they they lost recently, but I still think they're a contender. They like you mentioned, they started out the season ranked uh, number two in the preseason polls, and I think they're just going to build on last season's success. Really, uh, a lot of momentum gained from last year. They had a great year. Uh, and I, I think this is the year they push that hump. I don't know if they get over it just because how tough Tufts and RIT are, but I, I do think they uh, they contend at least. Yeah, I, mean, I know they bring back a lot of points at the attack, a lot of points at the midfield. I mean, their offense is definitely going to be dynamic. You know, I, Even if they struggle maybe one or two games during the season, I, I think in the long run it's going to be tough to really shut those guys down for a long period of time. And you know, there's another team that has has a really good documentary. I was watching the other day on YouTube, and sort of you can just tell by the way their jerseys are and their helmets how they're they're you know not really flashy when it comes to gear, but I think uh, they're sort of low key flashy when it comes to playing, even if they don't want to admit it. You know, they they really have this blue collar mentality. It's what they preach. You know, they don't want to be this flashy team that gets kids that you know want to have you know all like this swag gear and you know different stuff. So they really just wear old school jerseys and shorts and, you know, old school helmets with, you know, just a really low key logo. But I think, you know, if you watch them play offense, I mean, they definitely look pretty flashy to me. Yeah. I mean, they have a player in Austin Stewart, 109 goals last year. Can you believe that? It's insane. But the thing, the question for me though, is who they have around him. You know, it can't just be one guy that brings the whole team along. You know, they, they need a solid team effort from defense all the way up to the attack position. They certainly have a standout player. It's just who else is around them. Yeah, I think they have another one or two guys that put up pretty big numbers last year. 
Um, so I think offensively, at least, I know that they have, you know, pretty, I think they graduated a few people, but they, they brought back a few guys that put up a pretty, pretty big numbers as well. So uh, I think, you know, even if they struggle early or something along those lines, I think down down the stretch, you know, this team's definitely a threat. Yeah. I think uh, number five positions where you and I differ on, on our list here. For me, I had Gettysburg, and, you know, a team that, for years, was always in the hunt for the, for the championship. They uh, got off track a few years ago, you know, a couple down years. Yeah, last year they were back up, though. Came within a game of the championship game. They were in that final weekend. And uh, I, I, I think they're contenders this year. They they certainly have the team. They uh, they have the offense, and they have uh, great weapons, whether it's down low at the attack position or and up top. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely a team that has some great tradition. You know, they're, uh, these past few seasons they've been – Really, really uh, a top contender. Uh, you know, they won a ton of games last year, and they just came up a game or two short. Uh, I think they're going to be hungry again this season. And, you know, I think, like always, they're going to have, have a ton of talent all around the field. So I could definitely, you know, I think you can convince me to put them at, at five. Um, and then I, I had Amherst at five, but, you know, we can move them to, to six or honorable mention, if you will. Um, I think they're another team. They, they actually beat Tufts. They're going to have to... They're gonna have to probably beat them twice this season, you know, or you know, beat them once last year. Yeah, yeah just so they can kind of get over that hump to, to you know beat them for the the conference championship. But obviously, that's gonna be be very tough. But they're a team that's gonna make playoffs, and they're gonna be in it towards the end. And they've been someone that's just continually been building up higher and higher as as time goes on. So you know, I think we can either put them in five, or you know, if not five, then then right in that area. I had them at number six. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, I think that's where we had for our top five. We had Tufts, RIT, Salisbury, Lynchburg, uh, and then either Gettysburg or Amherst. Um, honorable mentions that I had, I think Stevenson's always going to be in, in the mix. You know, really solid team. You know they're going to get a good recruiting class. And then I had Ohio Wesleyan. It's been a team that's really jumped out uh, the past few seasons. Their, their offense has been pretty nasty. And uh, – they're getting a lot of solid recruits, and, and they have really, really solid coaching staff there. So, you know, I, I see them, you know, continuing to stay in this mix and continuing to sort of, you know, build up their program. And, you know, I think, you know, within the next two, three years, they're going to be one of these teams that we're sort of saying is, is always in the mix. So I don't, I don't think they're they're definitely not going anywhere. I think they're here to stay. And if anything, I think they're just continuing to get better. All right. For uh, my owner mentioned, I had Bates. They had a great season last year. They returned just about everyone on that team. And I think they're going to build off that, like I've mentioned with other programs. But uh, one of the big things that stand out to me in Division Three, the ranks, is how uh, solid they are from top to bottom. You could literally go 20 deep with Division Three and make a good case for any of them, really. I mean, you have some programs that are that have had some great seasons, like Denison. They were preseason ranked in the teens, yet just two years ago they were undefeated. You know, so I think the the overall depth of the of the division is great, much greater than uh, what we've seen in previous years. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the top one, you know, top team in Tufts and you go all the way to, you know, top 20, top 25, I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of mix and match teams in that top 10 area in Division Three this season. I think there's going to be a lot of really, really good games, and, you know, hopefully these teams continue to get a solid live stream since it's not really televised very much. So we can, you know, watch them on our you know, laptops and things like that because it's going to be some really solid lacrosse, and that's that's across the board, you know, Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. so hopefully they continue to get more recognition, and, you know, I think there's going to be some really, really good games this season. I completely agree. 
If you guys uh, disagree with us on any one of our rankings, I, I severely hope you guys reach out to us on social media. Uh, you know, comment on the iTunes account. Get a hold of us. Right? We like to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, we're trying to, just like the name of it, we're trying to build this culture. You know, we want you guys' opinions on things. Uh, we've got the Twitter up and running, at the Lax Culture, or if you search the Lacrosse Culture, it comes up. All right, we have information on there about everything dealing with lacrosse. All right, we put up everything about when we were releasing podcasts, and then we also have when we're releasing new blog posts. Uh, if you want to just follow the blog directly, it's www.thelacrosseculture.blog.wordpress.com or the links in the in, in the uh, bio of our Twitter. You know, hopefully we're gonna get some more social media up here, and uh, hopefully you guys just continue to to help us out and then continue to build up this uh, culture around this podcast and blog and. You know, we we look forward to hearing from you guys, and hopefully you guys like our you know the content that's coming out, and you know we think we're getting better with it each week. So, look forward to hearing from you guys, and uh, you know, like we said, feel free to reach out about anything, cool stories, cool articles, things going on, you know, news in Division Two or Division Three. You know, we want to be a uh, someone that's not just Division One. We want to be Division Two and Division Three. So, feel free to hit us up with any information, or if you guys have cool people that we should be following, or you think you're someone we should be following, feel free to reach out to us. Yeah, and that's the lacrosse culture. Thanks, guys.